It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, over the years, one of the things I've heard you mentioned is the fact that you, well, you say that you've already won the Olympic event <laughs> for being the happiest person on the planet. But one of the things I've appreciated is the fact that you keep saying that one of the, one of your desires is that your family becomes the happiest family uh-huh. on this earth, that our church becomes the happiest church yeah. on this planet. Yeah. Could you could you explain what you even mean? Yeah. Well, first of all, I see no excuse for us not to aim for it. I think every single Christian should enter the competition. And just there's too few people so entering so the even competition. So even though no one can win because right. you've already won, yes. they should still enter. <laughs> I think my, <laughs> my technical phraseology is... If there was an Olympics, then I think I would win. Okay. So I don't know that I've declared that I've won. So that still opens the door for people to compete. Yes. And and, and every four years, there's a new competition. So you have to renew your your athleticism in this this event. That makes sense. So it's interesting because a lot of us, when we think about a happy person, are going to think of someone whose life is easy, whose life is full of benefits and pleasures and comforts. And not someone who has a life like I have. I have a very, very embattled life. It's a challenged life. I love my life. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to uh, say anything negative about my life. But my life is full of tremendous difficulty because of the fact that God has overtaken my life and he has animated this body and he has me speaking and doing things that create friction for my life. I mean, I could avoid a lot of challenge just by not obeying what God is doing inside of me, what he's teaching me in his word. If I just ignore that, I would have more human peace but I wouldn't have the heavenly peace that I have. And so if we're talking about joy, when you heed the Holy Spirit, it leads to such a extraordinary dimension of joy that is hard to describe except to someone who has walked through it in a similar way that you can look at each other and nod along and recognize that there is a true consolation for the believer who is willing to walk the narrow way of suffering, who is willing to identify with Jesus and follow him. There is a richness of his presence that comes in that, which is why I, I, I jokingly say it. I mean, here we are making it sound like it's a very serious thing. But I jokingly say, and I've said it for years, that I, I, I have to be, if I'm not the happiest person on earth, I have to be close. But again, that's my perspective because my life is so richly full that I can't imagine someone being happier than me. I've said the same thing about my marriage. My marriage is the greatest marriage on earth. Of course, what I want is for someone else to go, hey, Eric can't claim to have the happiest you know, life and the happiest marriage or the greatest marriage. I want to have that. That's what I actually want to stir inside of people. It's like, let's go after what God has opened up for us. He has actually opened up the treasury of grace to us. And most of us are just caught without reaching in and taking hold of the great promises and the richness of his presence that we have been given at the cross. Amen. Well, this whole week we've been unpacking your sermon from Sunday, which was an exceedingly great army, which if someone hasn't listened to, they need to go back and listen to it. You can go to ellersley.com and go to either forward slash daily to see if it's this week, or they can go to the sermons uh, link and, and just look for the title. But we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And, and one of the realities of the Holy Spirit 
is that he brings great joy mm-hmm. in every circumstance. And I think it would just be fun for us to unpack that a little bit. We have, uh, I asked Philip uh, Hartman to come into the studio and just film sort of a miniature commentary on joy. Uh, we all love, as a, as a staff, as a team, this is a huge theme for us at Allergy because we get a lot of flack. We do. And we've had a lot of challenges. Yeah. But we want to respond to those the way God has assigned us to. And so I think this is a really uh, neat clip from Philip. Let's listen to it. Well, good morning. Eric asked if I could pop in this morning to the studio and talk a little bit about the concept of being the happy soldier. Uh, this week, they're talking about different ways that the Holy Spirit in, in a man, a man filled of the Spirit, expresses the life of Christ within him. And and today, the concept is the happy soldier. And it's, it's interesting as you think about this idea of happy soldier, because it sounds almost like a contradiction even within the phrase, a happy soldier, because you think about a soldier and you think about the, the challenge of the difficulty and the pain of the exposure to death. And, and you go, wait a second, a happy soldier. And yet that very much is a description of the Christian life in that though we are exposing ourselves to death, Jesus says to be a disciple of his, we are to pick up our cross. We are to deny ourselves essentially to be a soldier, to expose ourselves, to bear our, our, our chest as it were to death and ridicule the same things uh, that, that, attended him while he was here on earth, attend us. And yet we have this command to be joyful always, to be rejoicing always as, as Paul says it. And so what does this look like in the Christian life of a man or a woman filled with the spirit of God? And in the question that Eric asked me to answer is he said, how does a Christian cultivate joy in their life? What are different things that a Christian can do to cultivate joy? <clears throat> and, and so I, you know, I was thinking about that and thinking, you know, well, as a, as a basis, it's interesting that I, I look around maybe more my generation, but really in general, and I see a lot of people pursuing joy or, or this pursuit of happiness. And it's interesting that when when joy becomes an end in and of itself, it actually doesn't produce a joyful life. Uh, that when, when you're pursuing happiness as an end or the worship of happiness, if you want to say it that way, it actually doesn't pursue or it doesn't cultivate joy. But the soldier's life is actually one that cultivates joy. And so Paul talks to Timothy and he and he tells him that, that as a soldier of Jesus Christ, he shouldn't entangle himself with, with the things of this world and get caught up in the things of this world, but that he should live to please the one who enlisted him. And, and so first is, is a concept of how do we cultivate joy? I think we ought to live to please him. Just like Jesus, he, he set the joy that was set before him. He was living with that in mind. Well, the joy set before us is, is our greatest desire is to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so we don't pursue joy itself as an end, but we actually have received the Holy Spirit who is the person of joy. And, and he's given us the reality of joy. And it's, it's a joy that's not dependent upon our circumstances. It's not dependent upon the music we listen to or the things going on in our life. Uh, but it's something that is based in the reality of, of Christ in us, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And so that actually is a joy that cannot be taken from us. It's a joy that no matter even the, the most challenging of circumstances, uh, of, of even death or martyrdom, persecution, challenges and suffering that come with the Christian life, that we can walk in those in a joy in Christ. Another way that the Holy Spirit dwelling in us brings us joy is that one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit 
is to take that which is from Jesus. Jesus talks about this when he talks about the, the helper or the comforter coming. Is that what does he do? He takes from Jesus and he gives it to us. And, and so he's constantly reminding us of who the Lord Jesus is. And he's reminding us of the scriptures. And he's bringing that which is of Jesus to us. And, and that's part of how he fills us with joy as he convicts us of sin. And we go, yes, Lord. Uh, thank you, Lord. And because, right, conviction is a reminder that he loves us. And as he reminds us of the reality of the cross and he reminds us of the gospel and he reminds us of who Jesus is, that fills us with joy. And so may we as happy soldiers not make joy the end, but as we live fully unto Christ, as we, we give up our own lives, we turn outward, we focus on Christ and, and those around us, his Holy Spirit then fills us with a joy as we walk as happy soldiers in Christ. Leonard Ravenhill, Leonard Ravenhill used to say often that uh, entertainment was a devil substitute for joy. Mm -hmm that here's the world and they're trying to do everything they can to pursue happiness, to, to have inter, have this entertainment, to dull their senses. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, even as you look at this last year, just the depression, the increase of just some of the, the emotional side of things, you can just tell that the culture itself is longing for something that's real, mm -hmm. longing for this depth of joy. And I really appreciated what Philip just said in terms of when joy becomes the focus, you actually lose the essence of it. Yeah. But when you actually go after Jesus Christ and you allow the fullness of his life, you actually, this is the byproduct. Yeah. You, you get to experience the fullness of joy. Yeah. yeah and it's, I, I think you and I have talked many times. I don't know that we've mentioned it this week, but fruit, uh, joy is a fruit of the spirit. Could you just address that? Cause that's one of the things I've heard you mention a lot of times. Yeah. I, I love looking at Galatians chapter five, right? There's the fruit of the flesh. There's the fruit of the spirit. And it's interesting when you, when you look at the fruit of the spirit, for whatever reason, we know that stuff's supposed to come out of us. And so what do we do? Well, we grit our teeth. I'm going to, I'm going to love better this week. And all right, I'm going to have joy. And I'm going to have peace. And I'm going to have patience. But isn't it interesting that you'll never see a tree. If you go out and you'll never see a tree going, ah, <laughs> trying to produce fruit because trees don't do fruit. They bear fruit. And I think if we recognize that these are actually the fruits of the spirit, then the reality is, well, then the only way I can actually have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control is through the spirit. Yeah. So, or if you want to use uh, uh, John chapter 15, it's that abide uh, the branch vine idea, right? So here's this branch. It's abiding in the vine. Well, what's the job description of a branch? And most people I ask will say, well, it's to bear fruit, which is in the passage, but that's actually not the job description of the branch. The, the branch's job description is to abide. And when the life-giving sap of the vine flows into the branch, the branch cannot help but bear fruit. So when you look at that in, in relationship to Galatians chapter five, it's really profound that if I want joy, if, if I want to experience peace, if I want to have the fullness of love, then the reality is I have to be connected to the source of joy. I need to be abiding in love itself. I, I need to be holding Amen. tight to the Prince of peace who will then produce the peace. Amen. So just in this context, as we're talking about joy, uh, Psalm 1611 is a, is a great reminder that the fullness of joy is not found in us. It's not mm -hmm. found in entertainment. The fullness of joy is actually found in the very presence of God. It is God himself. Amen. He is the fullness of joy at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So if I want to experience joy, 
well, then I need the spirit of God in my life to, to bring it about. Amen. So maybe our exhortation could be that we need more people to enlist in the challenge of going after being the happiest person on earth, having the happiest family on earth, having the happiest marriage on earth, happy, being a part of the happiest church on earth. I just want us to be cultivating what God has given us access to. And I just see no reason to just leave it sitting there. We have joy. I know we live in an age and a generation where the dour face and the grumble and the complaining about how miserable 2020 was. Around here, we decided to just make it the greatest year of our life. And what's funny is it was an amazing year. Yeah, for I us. loved I yeah. loved 2020. I mean, the culture was going crazy. Yeah. But I I thought it was a great year. And it it's fun. not that we rejoice in what the devil is doing. Right. We rejoice in the fact that God is greater and he turns what the enemy means for evil into good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So therefore, no matter what's happening, there is a joyful attitude that can be cultivated in the midst of it. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.